You're now listening to the Stouffville Pentecostal Church audio podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Our message today was preached by our lead pastor, Pastor Jeff Laird. Have a listen. We finish today, subject to change, finishes today with the greatest person to have ever walked on planet Earth. And his name is... He is the beginning and the end, and it seemed very appropriate that we end with Jesus. So we've looked at nine people, and Jesus is our number 10. Now, what do you say about Jesus? You know, I've been saying, what do you say about Paul in one sermon? What do you say about David in one sermon? There's so much to say. And Jesus, come on. Jesus is a, is a, is a life series, not just a summer series. He's a life series. Put into the tomb for three days, but came out alive, victorious over hell and the grave. No one's like him, and no one even comes close. Because of Jesus. Because of Jesus. I wanted to look at just a few things today. Because of Jesus, we're saved. Because of Jesus, we, we have an inheritance. Because of Jesus, there is joy ahead. And because of Jesus, there is power, and, or there's unity and power. And so um, uh, let me, uh, if, if you think I'm limping, I might be slightly limping. I tweaked my knee, all right? So if I just, let's see, I'm okay, but I'm going to be okay. Been cutting too many trees down, and I banged my knee around, but it's going to be all right. Listen, first, uh, let's read the scripture today. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, this is what Peter has to say. He says, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's by his great mercy that we have been born again because God raised Jesus from the dead. Now we live with great expectation. And we have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. And through your faith, God is protecting you by his power until you receive this salvation, which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. So be truly glad. Isn't that nice? So be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. If you're watching online today and you don't know the Lord, this is the greatest character that's ever, ever walked on this planet. If you want prayer, if you want to talk to somebody, look, click on that uh, prayer request button, and there's somebody waiting there live, ready to engage with you if, uh, if you're watching today. First, because of Jesus, we are saved. Verse 3 says that by his great mercy, we have been born again, that, that, that because God raised Jesus from the dead, all of this is possible. It wasn't possible before, but it is now possible because Christ rose from the dead. Ephesians chapter 2, put that up for me, uh, verses 4 to 6. It says, but God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It's only by God's grace that you've been saved. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ 
and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. That's what he's done. We are saved. We are born again. We are forgiven. We are rescued. We are set free. We are delivered from the power of sin and Satan because of Jesus' victory on the cross. Verse 3 also goes on to say, right at the end, it says, now you can live with great expectation. Living with expectation is powerful. Did you know that? Living without expectation just stinks. But living with expectation does something to us. It makes life worth living. You know, when, you know when you get your hopes up on anything and then it just doesn't turn out as good as you thought it was going to? You ever had one of those experiences? Like a couple of weeks ago, we bought corn, okay? You'd think corn, okay, during corn season. Like, we're like, we're going to put some butter on that and it is going to be awesome. Well, it was not awesome. In fact, there was an older fella there who won't go uh, unmentioned or will go unmentioned, and he took one bite, put his cob down, and said, I'm not eating that. Wouldn't even eat it, Ray Laird. Wouldn't even eat it. Yeah. So we have to try again with another corn feed and get better corn this time. Like, we were so excited and, and just expecting something great, and it just wasn't. You know, Helen and I, uh, Helen loves to eat grapefruit. But you know that grapefruit is an absolute 50-50 shot, right? You know that, right? You go to the store, unless there's a grapefruit expert that can tell me how to pick them better. But you go, it looks good, feels good. You take it home, and it's like you're sucking on a lemon, right? It's like, woo, woo. Yeah, I won't be eating that one. And then the other grapefruit is awesome. You just never know, right? This, this, this expectation that we have, and what about something more serious uh, about a person who you thought was going to come through? They were going to be there on time. They were going to do what they said. They were going to deliver, but they didn't. And our expectations can get shattered and disappointed, and uh, it just happens to us. Sometimes people let us down. Sometimes things, food, lets us all down, but I'll tell you, come on now, come on, you know where I'm going, but there's a person who will not let us down, and we live with great expectation, great expectation, this salvation is real, the salvation is true, and it's better than you could ever hope or imagine, the Bible says, he is greater than we could possibly understand. So guess what? You can have your expectations great, set super high, and Jesus is still going to exceed everything you could possibly think of. This is how great he is. The NIV actually calls it a living hope. You can, you can have a living hope or, a, or great expectation. And, and it, the same, it's all the same. You can live with hope or you can live with great expectation. Why? Because it's grounded in the truth of who Jesus is and what Jesus has accomplished. It's, it's, not, it's not, you know, I've said this before. Hope is not like, I hope it doesn't rain tomorrow. This is not that kind of hope. This is confident hope. Expectation is, is, is going to be delivered because Jesus never lets anybody down. 
You can live with that kind of hope. You can live with that kind of expectation. Because Jesus lives, we live also. Because Jesus has been raised from the dead, we also will be raised from the dead. We are saved. We have been changed for this life and the life that is to come. One uh, quick verse just before we, we uh, go on. 1 Peter 1.23, it says, For you have been born again, but not to a life that will quickly end. Your new life will last forever because it comes from the eternal living word of God. Isn't that awesome? You have been born again, but not to a life that's going to quickly end. You've been born again into a life that will never end because of Jesus. So because of Jesus, we're saved. Number two, because of Jesus, we are given an inheritance. Verse four goes on to say that we have this priceless inheritance, that it's kept in heaven for us, pure and undefiled, untouched, it says. Because of Jesus, we have life in heaven waiting for us. There is something that we can look forward to, where we will enjoy the presence of the Lord without, when, uh, with, I should say, with all sin, with all corruption, with all sickness and death, gone forever. This is the, the, the inheritance that we've been given, the presence of the Lord. The inheritance, Peter says, he says, it's beyond the reach of change. Just think about that. He says it's beyond the reach of change, and it's beyond the reach of decay. There's not too many things in life that you can say are beyond the reach of change or decay. It's, it's true. Like, time does that to us. But he's trying to encourage the, his readers and saying, listen, the best is yet to come. We have an inheritance that is waiting for us that cannot perish it cannot spoil. It cannot be stolen. It remains unaffected by time. It's not going to change. It won't grow old. It will never wear out, and it will never disappoint you. See, time can change so many things. It can spoil things. It can even ruin the hope that we once had for something. You know, as time goes on, your hope starts to peter out. But the passing of time, when it comes to a believer's inheritance, I actually think the passing of time makes our inheritance all the more richer. It makes it all the more glorious. Because time, I believe, only makes us long for it even more. You can't say that during this time of COVID, there hasn't been a time when you've looked up into the sky and said, even so, come Lord Jesus. Like, I'm ready. I'm ready. There is something in us the way we, when we know the Lord and we have the hope and the inheritance that is waiting for us that we are foreigners and aliens, the Bible says. We are strangers on this planet. This place is not our home. We are simply passing through until we get to the place where we really belong, and that is in his presence. To be absent from the body right? What does it mean? Come on. It means to be present with the Lord, that he has prepared a place for us, John says. 
and that he is waiting for us. And when, our time, when the time is right, he will come and take us home to be with him. That's what he says, so that we will be with him forevermore. He's waiting for us to arrive home. He's saying your inheritance is safe. Your inheritance is fresh. Your inheritance is growing. The enemy can't touch it. Nothing can wreck it. Nothing will spoil it. It is growing more beautiful and more powerful by the day. The best is yet to come. Why? Because of Jesus. Because of Jesus. We're given an inheritance. Point number three. I'm clipping along here because we got communion, okay? Point number three. There is joy ahead because of Jesus. There is joy ahead. 1 Peter 1, verse 6. Put that up for me. It says, so be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead even though you must endure many trials for a little while. Peter is writing to people who are experiencing persecution and trouble. And he's saying, listen, folks, hang in there. You have great joy ahead. It's going to be all right. Hang in there. Endure. Yes, there are trials that we all have to face. Yes, there's troubles that we're going to have to go through. But it's going to be worth it all when we see Jesus. That's, is that a hymn? Yes. It will be worth it all, right? When we see Jesus, uh, life's trials will feel so small, yeah. When we see Christ, right on. Yes, one glimpse of his dear face, that's it. All sorrow will erase, so bravely run the race, right? Till we see Christ. Right, yeah, there you go. Yeah, there you go. Ron, if you're watching, I know you could probably play that. George Davis, you probably know all the verses to that hymn if you're watching. All right, so be blessed. There is going to be a day when it will be worth it all because we're going to see Jesus. You know, we all understand that phrase. People say it all the time, short-term pain. For what? For long-term gain. We diet, we exercise, we put ourselves through pain for stuff. Why? Because we believe the result is going to be worth it. We believe the result is going to be worth the sacrifice, worth the pain, worth the hassle. We're working towards something that's worthwhile. Understand that he's worth it today. There is great joy ahead. There is perfect joy ahead. There is paradise ahead. There is the presence of the Lord ahead. There is absolute wonder ahead. There is miraculous things ahead because of Jesus. It is worth it to serve him. It is worth it to go through the hassle. It is worth it to face the sacrifice. It is worth it to give him some of our money and some of our time and some of our energy and our effort and our talents. He's worth it all. And on that day, we won't look back and say, oh, I shouldn't have given that money. Oh, I shouldn't have taken that extra time. We'll get there and we'll say, man, we should have given more. We should have spent more. We should have put in more effort and more time for the great joy that lays before us. Because of Jesus. I'm trying to be inspirational today. Are you feeling it? All right. We got to end off with a bang. It's Jesus. 
And I like talking about Jesus. <laughs> there is joy ahead. Knowing what's coming can help us endure our current struggles because Jesus is worth it and our hope is assured. There is joy, great, great joy ahead. Put up for me 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 51. I have to say, of all the chapters in the Bible, this has got to be uh, 50, do a 51, 51, uh, uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 51, yeah. This chapter has got to be one of the greatest chapters in all of Scripture. When you read this chapter from the beginning to end, just go home or for devotions tomorrow morning, just open up 1 Corinthians 15, and just read this chapter. It is phenomenally awesome. This is what uh, the end of this chapter says. But let me reveal to you a wonderful secret. We will not all die, but we will all be transformed. It will happen in a moment, in the blink of an eye, when the last trumpet is blown. For when the trumpet sounds, those who have died will be raised to live forever. And we who are living will also be transformed. For our dying bodies must be transformed into bodies that will never die. Our mortal bodies must be transformed into immortal bodies. Then, when our dying bodies have been transformed into bodies that will never die, this scripture will be fulfilled. Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? For sin is the sting that results in death, and the law gives sin its power. Check out this verse here. But thank God, he gives us victory. What? Over sin and death. How? Why? Through, because of the Lord Jesus Christ. Victory is ahead, child of God. Victory is ahead. Keep fighting the good fight. Keep serving him with passion. Keep doing what you got to do. Keep living holy and giving God glory. It's going to be worth it. I just did a drop, Gary, if you were watching right there. It's worth it. It will be worth it all when we see Jesus. It's going to be worth it all. There is joy, great, 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 unfathomable joy that lies ahead for those who love the Lord. So because of Jesus, we're saved. Because of Jesus, we're given an inheritance. Because of Jesus, there's great joy ahead. Lastly, because of Jesus, there's unity. Let me just touch on this for a, a couple of minutes, and then we'll, we'll close with communion. See, there's something else. This is, this is one other thing that the death and the resurrection of Jesus has done for all of us who believe in him and who follow him. It has made us one. Just say that, one. It has made us one family. We're the body of Christ. We are all sinners saved by grace, that we've been united in him. We've been called now to present that unity to the world. Jesus prayed to the Father that we would be one. He said these words in John chapter 17, verse 20. Go ahead and put it up for me. John 17, 20, it says, I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. That's us. 
I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world may believe that you sent me. I have given them the glory you gave me so they may be one as we are one. I am in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. Jesus prays for it. Jesus brings us together like nothing else can, like no one else can. And why does unity matter? Uh, uh, let me explain why. Here's a few reasons why unity matters. I could have stopped with this. Number one, Jesus prayed for it. So that alone makes it very important. We don't even need to go further than that. He just said it's important, prayed that all the believers throughout all the history of time would know the unity uh, uh, together of being one, being one body in Christ, united together. So Jesus prayed for it too. The Bible commands it. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 3, it says, Make every effort to keep yourself united in the Spirit, binding yourself together with peace. You see, any attitude that causes disunity, anything that brings disunity to the body of Christ is wrong. It's called sin. And, and, and we need to call it for what it is. We can, we can justify disunity and spreading disunity uh, a million different ways. But the bottom line is this. Any attitude, any action that brings disunity to the body of Christ is sin. Look at what James says in James chapter 2, verse 1. He said, my dear brothers and sisters, how can you claim to have faith in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ if you favor some people over others? Meaning, this is wrong. This shouldn't be. And let me just mention this for a moment. You know all the recent shootings that have been going on in the U.S., and it's raised the topic of racism and how it seems to be an ongoing, and it is an ongoing problem in our society. And I'm not here to discuss all the pros and cons of all those cases. I'm here to look at it from Scripture, from, from a believer perspective today. For believers, James says it pretty straight. We just read it. He says, how can you claim to have faith in Jesus if you favor some people over others? It just shouldn't be, my brothers and sisters. So can we, can we just clearly say it's wrong? Can we clearly say it shouldn't be tolerated in our lives, in our church, and in our world, and we need to make sure that we're not a part of it? and we can fix it every opportunity that we can? Can someone say amen? This is not who we are in Christ. It's not who we are. So, you know, it, it's... I mean, I am so sorry for anybody who's had to face unfair treatment at the hands of another. And it's bad enough that it's out there in the world, but it should never exist in the church. Absolutely never exist in the church. So we've got to rid ourselves of racism, of prejudice, of favoritism, anything like that that would bring disunity to the body of Christ. 
any of it that's in us, it must be dealt with. It must be crushed and destroyed. It must be done away with. It can't stay in us. You know why? Because it destroys unity. Do you understand? It destroys unity. That's the big picture point here. It destroys unity that Jesus died to give us. That Jesus prayed that we would have. That he so badly wants us to receive. James goes on to say, so listen, if you favor the rich person over the poor person, how pathetic are you? How wrong is that? So it doesn't matter if somebody's rich or poor, black or white, any skin color, any culture, believers are one in Christ. One in Christ. The Bible commands it because it's important. And so we need to recognize that as such. Third, unity is a witness to the world. Why is unity important? Jesus prayed for it. The Bible commands it. And third, it's a witness to the world. Uh, John said this in John chapter 13, uh, verse 34. So now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Unity and love are a witness to the world that we love each other. We, are, we recognize that none of us are better than each other. We are all sinners saved by grace, standing on level ground before the cross, that we, we, we protect, we serve, we love, we, we care for, et cetera, et cetera, one another to the point that people who don't know the Lord should see the love and the unity and the commitment that flows from God's people. That's what he's saying. It's a powerful witness. It's a very, very powerful witness because people don't live that way. People want to live that way, kind of live that way, but the church should be leading the way in this kind of behavior. So it's a witness to the world. And last, there's blessing that is poured out on, the, on a church that's unified. God blesses unity. Uh, I, I won't take the time, but Psalm 133 talks about it. It says, unity is a place where God commands his blessing to be. But also, a lot of people just run there for unity all the time, and it's a great scripture. But, but when you look at the early church in Acts, after Acts 2 and moving forward, you know what you see constantly? Unity. It's, it's woven throughout the early church. And you'll see it. You might not have picked it up, but when you read things like one heart, one accord, one purpose, one mind, one spirit, sharing meals together, looking after those who are needy, and on and on and on it goes. There was unity in the early church in such a deep way that it was a powerful witness to Jerusalem and to all the world. People were saying, those people, the people of the way, they care for each other. They'll give money to make sure people have food. They'll look after people. They pray for people, care for people, invite people into their homes. They're, they're unique and weird. 
when believers have unity, they are blessed, I believe, with power. They're blessed with growth. They're blessed, they're blessed with healing and salvation. You see it in the early church. Unity is a key. A unified church is a powerful church. And, and so we, we've got to fight to keep it. We've got to fight to destroy anything that would steal it from us. It is important. Jesus, let me just finish with this. <laughs> let me just finish with this. I, I could say so much about Jesus. He's just so awesome. But let me say this. Jesus changed the world. He's someone that we can believe in. He's someone that we can look up to. He can walk on water and he can turn water into wine. He can open blind eyes and he can strengthen crippled legs. He can heal diseases and he can transform hearts. He can calm storms and he can feed 5,000 people with a little boy's lunch. In times like these, we must make a big deal about Jesus. He is still the King. He's still the Lord. He's still Savior, Ruler, Master. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the roadway to righteousness. He's the pathway to peace. He's the Son of God. He's the light of the world. He's the bread of life. He's the gate. He's the good shepherd. He's the true vine. And He's the resurrection and the life. He is holy. He is glorious. He is beautiful. He is wonderful. He is perfect. He is merciful. He is miraculous. He is real. He is alive. He is the reason and He's the promise of God fulfilled. He's Messiah. He's Emmanuel. He's mighty God. He's Prince of Peace. He is all of that and more. And like Pastor S.M. Lockridge used to say, I wish I could describe him to you. He's more than we can imagine. He's unstoppable and he's indescribable. He's more than we could ever need and more than we could ever think. When Jesus hit the scene, he changed the scenery. The Pharisees couldn't stop him and the Romans couldn't contain the spread of his message. He's the greatest person to have ever walked on this earth. Death couldn't handle him and the grave couldn't hold him. His name is. That's who we're talking about today. If you believe in the greatest person ever, then he says you will receive. If you believe God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that if you believe, you receive everlasting life. You are saved. You are given an inheritance. You can look forward to the joy ahead and enjoy unity now and perfect unity together one day when we're all in one place. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is still King of kings and Lord of lords. Come on. And his name is, say it one more time. Come on. And his name is. Say it at home with us one more time. Come on. And his name is Jesus. That's who he is. And we haven't even begun to scratch who he is. I wish I could describe him to you. <laughs> I wish I could describe him to you. Oh, do you know him? He would say, say. 
You know that that man, S.M. Lockridge, you know that his first, his initials stand for Shadrach Meshach? That man's name was Shadrach Meshach Lockridge. And when he preached about Jesus, we would do nothing but stand and cheer with tears rolling down her face. Just listening to that man was awesome. You know, you can still find some of his stuff on YouTube, but it's Jesus. He is the greatest, and he's still the one. He came out of three days of sheltering to save the world, and he did just that. All we have to do is to believe and to receive his message of love. He changes us, he makes us better, and he gives us a home and a hope and an eternity to look forward to. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks for listening to the Stovall Pentecostal Church audio podcast. For more information about Stovall Pentecostal Church, including service times, please visit our website at www.spcfamily.ca. Have a good week and God bless.